Oh, look, I'm back before everybody gets back here. Ah, Kathy got back in enough time. Dang it. Okay. Kathy got back before I could do anything. Oh, it lands back. Wait, what were you planning to do while I was gone? Hush, don't say, don't say a word. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. So we are back and live on episode... Kathy, what are we at? Uh, I don't know. No clue. Episode, 70, I don't know. No, 50, yeah, I don't know. 70 or 50 something. 70 or 50? <laughs> I think we're on 77. I'm going to have to check now because I'm like totally lost on where we're at now too. I, I usually have it written on the calendar and I look I know. I didn't even, I, I totally forgot. So give me a second. We're going to find out what episode we're on. I, I believe we're on 77. That sounds no, right. she already said yeah. it. It's episode, I don't know. 77 is what we're on. Yeah, um, like by like approximation 70 to, or 50 something. Yeah. Somewhere in between 50 and 70. Yeah. 77. Uh, we are not able to. Hey, Crimson1919. Uh, we are not able to be streaming on Facebook Live for some reason, even though I did test that out earlier. Uh, so, um, that kind of sucks. Um, wish it would have been a lot easier. Ah, well. Oh, I have a question, which is totally unrelated. Well, not really that unrelated. It has to do with my stream and my, the size of the, uh, the text in my uh -huh. chat. Yep. And I'm still using the XSplit, but if there, is there any way to make the size of the text in the chat smaller? Uh, you'd have to go into your XSplit program and do that. Okay. Ooh, nice, Crimson. Crimson just said that he just got back from the Sioux, which is the Southern Ontario Open, which was another mm -hmm. Warfare Weekend um, qualifier, and he scored first and second uh, of Best Painted. Best Painted. Congrats. So rock and roll, dude. Awesome That's job. That's awesome. Um, so he says, we are on episode 77. Uh, today we are going to be talking with uh, my good old friend, Lynn of Metalhead Minis, um, and she is going to be talking about, uh, actually, sorry, not just she, but all of us, we're going to be talking about um, hobby classes at Gen Con. I'm trying to get some things working, guys. I'm sorry about this. Uh, it's just kind of annoying because I tested this out earlier, and we were fine, and now we aren't. Well, that's pretty much uh, par for the course for streaming. Yeah, especially on Facebook Live. <laughs> it's always a problem. So we, we're going to do that. Um, so if you notice, John's not here, but Lynn is right below me. I'm tickling her hair. That's just... Oh, stop that. <laughs> and so she is going to be here. Stop touching me. Um, we've been discussing about this for a while, and we actually almost forgotten. I blame it on Kathy uh, for almost forgetting uh, about um, having Lynn on because she was in charge of that. Um, so we're going to be working with that for a bit. I'm going to see if I can try to get this working just a little bit more. Um, nope, it looks like it's not going to work. We are dead on Facebook Live. Oh, well. That's fine. Facebook. Yeah. Be a pain in the ass, Facebook. So we're just going to be on Twitch. We are recording, so we will get this going as much as we can and do all that good, fun stuff. Um... I'll come back over here. So, 
let's start off our thing of guest of honor. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, cherry Coke Zero. Cherry Yum. Coke Zero. Okay. Well, I'm working. What do you want me to do? Hey, hey. <laughs> Have I, you I, tried not... the, uh, the orange vanilla Coke Zero? Yes, we get that in the house, too. Matt really loves it. Yeah, I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, gin and tonic, and I, my tea is seeping. Is that what that buzz is? It has just finished seeping. I can... Steeping. I can hear the... Uh, the, the timer going the timer. off. Is that what that timer was? Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you forget about the tea, and like an hour later, it's incredibly dark and strong, and you're like, "Well, I guess I'll just dump that down the drain." Hey, right. Sci-Fi Fantasy eight seven seven two. What you up hey. to? Hey, Sci-Fi Fantasy. Um, and so we've got, like I said, we've got Lynn Stall here. We're going to be talking about some other things. But before we get to that, I am drinking a Bin 41 port. Um, it's super, super delicious. Super, super powerful. Super, super strong. But I really, super, really super like it. Super, super what else? Um, super, super awesome. Um, we do have a couple of shout outs today that we need to talk about. First, congratulations to Crimson 1919 for making first and second at Best Painted at the Sioux. You have to show us the pictures, uh, Crimson. Uh, post them either on Facebook or send them to me, and I'll post them up. Um, but we have, let's see, what else? Um, we have two passing aways. As everybody knows, uh, Chewbacca passed away um, yeah. recently, and, and I can't remember his full name without butchering it. Um, Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew. There we go. Thank you. And Roger Moore, um, yeah. which is. Oh! There. I know, yeah. right? Um, Roger Moore was my James Bond. I didn't grow up with Sean Connery. I grew up with Roger Moore as my James Bond. He uh, was the first James Bond for me as well. It's yep. kind of like your uh, your first Doctor, you know, yep. Doctor yeah. Who. So um, that was my my thing. Um, and so we're going to give a shout out to them. Uh, does anybody else need to give a shout out to anybody or anything? Uh. Not I'm that I can say think of. No. Say no. Oh, I keep picking out the wrong dark gray, for God's sake. For God's sake. I'd like to give a shout out to myself for not being able to pick out a dark gray correctly. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, um, was it not dark enough of a gray or yes, too dark? It. it was it was too warm. Like I sat there oh, and it looked, one uh-huh. way, it looked one way because of the lighting. And then once I put it in the light, I was like, oh, that's not the right one. Oh. <laughs> Crimson goes, know. shout out to Tim Banky for coming in last place out of 107 in SOO Masters. Oh, I'm going to have to talk to him. So we'll see what happened with that. Um, so, guys, um, thanks for coming and watching. Thanks for listening. We thank you for everything you do. A big shout out for Parabella Games for sending us all those cool minis, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. All those miniatures. Uh, Kathy, you'll be getting yours sometime this week. Um, as you see, John's not here. He'll be getting some, too. Um, so, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, tell me about those minis, by the way, because I was trying to look at them. The um, Parabellum ones? Well, yeah. first things first, got to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors, too, because they help keep our podcast going. Yes. We want to thank uh, Mechanica Studios, which, guys, if you play Star Wars Destiny, he has gotten a new playmat that he designed um, out, which is really, really cool. Really awesome, good design. Do you know Chris? He does really awesome work. 
uh, Muse on Minis for supplying awesome widgets and stuff uh, for the podcast and for you. And if you really, 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 really want to help us out, uh, anytime you go to Muse on Minis, make sure you share the discount code uh, more than dice. You will get 10% off your purchase of everything you buy. Uh, and each time you do it, it's still good, not just a one time thing. Uh, and of course, Tectonic Crest Studios, Dan the Man. Um, he has given me a bunch of stuff. Ooh, that was a strong smell of laser cut um, to give away on the podcast. And I will be giving away some of that stuff. Uh, so I'm going to paint up because some people have been curious about what, how it can be painted and everything and what you can do with it. I'm going to paint that up um, and do that pretty soon. But um, we want to thank all of them for supporting us. Um, okay, so... Uh, Lynn, you had a question about the Parabellum miniatures. What what question was it before we get started on our awesome topic of oh, the day? Well, I, I wanted to know more about them. They looked pretty cool when you posted about them. Uh, I believe it was yesterday, was it? Yeah, and I posted something today. I posted uh, today about... Um, uh, I did some size comparison because I put together the uh, Brutes and I put together... Um, um, what is it? Uh, the Abomination. Which is a okay. really, 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 really tall model. Um, the brutes went together. Everything went together really well to begin with. Uh, the brutes were simple and easy. Just clip it and put it in. Uh, I used plastic glue first to test it out with plastic glue. Um, and the thinner pieces could go on really well. Uh, and then I had to use super glue on the really thick plastic parts. Um mm. But that was just because I'm a little too impatient when it comes to things, and so um, huh. that was uh, that that went in there. They they worked fine. Uh, the brutes put together really well. I also put together the pharaomancer, uh, which is a pharaoh pharaoh uh, used as in pheromones. Um, I'm so sad that I didn't get in on the uh, on last week's episode where you guys interviewed the uh, the guys from Leo. Parabellum. Yeah, Leo is an awesome guy. Um, but, uh, they went to, everything went together really well, even without instructions. Cause I didn't have any instructions with anything. Um, it was pretty simple. I just kind of used the pictures on their website. Um, and then I put together the abomination, which was a huge miniature and thing is extremely big, uh, which if you can see on our Facebook page and everything else of, uh, where I posted that and, um, that didn't have instructions and that was a little challenging, but nothing I couldn't handle. Because it's, you know, I'm, I built miniatures before, but I mean, I just used the picture and went, oh, where's this? Oh, where's this? Oh, okay, okay. And, you know, just hitting the parts. And that was, actually, it was four sprues uh, for that one miniature. Um, the arms were a bunch of pieces. Like, the torso was three pieces. The head was two pieces. The thorax part of the body was like f one, two, three, four, five pieces. So um, it was a little challenging, uh, and mm. then also it's a four-legged model that has no notches. Um, mm -hmm. So you had to try to balance where you can get all four legs touching at the same time. Man, um, I wanted to paint that model. Well, maybe it is such a it is such a fun model. Yeah, it is a pretty cool one. Um, let's see what else. Um, they did. There was not much variance in the model. Uh, the poses you could do is you could twist the the torso to left and right and a little up and down with it. Uh, the thorax was pretty static. You couldn't do anything with it. Arms were fully functional. They were bend at the joint, bend, to, you know, 
you know, the, at the wrist they were cut off and at the shoulders they were socketed. So you can kind of move them and, you know, whichever way you wanted. Uh, the legs were pretty static, but the feet weren't. Um, the feet you could buy, the feet you could put on were that were, you know, they were fully flat down on the ground or they had like ones that you could glue on where you, if you had the legs standing up in the air or on a rock or, you know, something like that, um, could be done. And, uh, that was, it was pretty good. It took me a while, but I also was watching uh, a show during the, while I was doing it, um, which I will give a review of today. Um, but, uh, it was a good model. It, the plastic was really good, really good, hard plastic, uh, sort of like GW plastic. Um, so it wasn't, you know, not any warp bendy. Uh, Kathy will be getting um, uh, the Spearmen um, with shields. Uh, you'll be getting those, Kathy, and those. They didn't, they weren't flimsy, uh, but I'm kind of curious how they're going to travel. Um, because they did come from Greece, by the way. And I think it was interesting uh, the way they sent it is a Greece that had. Um, stamps from Greece on there. And I'm actually cutting those stamps off so I can show to my kids at school because we did a uh, study on Greece. Um, and I thought like, that would be kind of cool for them to see. Um, That's awesome. But I mean, no, they were good and solid. The plastic was good and solid. Um, it, was, it was good detail. Uh, the They're big, though. Just the basic line troops are huge. Um, like the human-sized ones? Yes, the human-sized human ones are big. Ones? Yeah. The human size ones are actually pretty big too. Uh, I'm gonna have when John gets them uh, and builds them, I'm gonna ask if he could do a side by side comparison with like a you know a Space Marine, so we could you can see the size difference. But they're like they're big and thick. Their legs are, I mean, they're a good size model. They're not tiny at all. Um, everything seems to be really big. Um, they do have a dwarf faction coming out and the Nord faction, <laughs> which is a barbarian. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, and so I think those two, the Nord one looks really, really interesting, especially from the pictures I've seen. I like barbarians. Oh, I think th I think that's the faction you're going to pick up, Kathy. Yeah. Uh, because they've shown, and, it, and it's like your typical Viking Norse barbarian stuff. Okay. Half-clothed men with, you know, tattoos and everything and big old sharp pointy objects. I have painted so many, so, so many models like that. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, they're they looked really good. The I just, overall really good quality, um, easy to get off the sprue. Um, no, I didn't see hardly any mold lines. The only mold lines I saw was um, they had the they had um, I was it upper arm no uh, upper back legs mm. on the on the uh, abomination was a solid piece of plastic and not like two piece plastic. So you had to you know get a slight line off of that but that was about it um wasn't any like miscast it wasn't flimsy it was pretty dang solid i was pretty impressed um especially for a company that's our first time doing miniatures uh doing a miniature game like this uh it was good and solid uh thumbs up i nice. can't wait to see what else i got uh in june the um starter set comes out and i've already pre-ordered that through my local store so I'm, nice. gonna I'm gonna be playing the spires which is their version of elves uh, in the game, so that's cool. Um, that it is. It, I was really impressed. Um, so today uh, we have our guest Lynn uh, here, and she is going to be talking about uh, the hobby classes going on at Gen Con and just hobby stuff in general at Gen Con because there isn't just 
games at Gen Con. You're just not role playing. You're just not doing miniature stuff. You are doing a ton of other things too. Uh, and hobby, which some people kind of know about, kind of know, is you know there there's actually a lot of bit of hobby stuff going on, and a lot of painting contests because there's not like Privateer Press does their own. You know, mm-hmm. all these varying companies, all these different companies have their own painting competitions while at Gen Con. So it's going to be interesting. Um, so before we go any further, Lynn, some people may or may not know who you are, which I don't understand how they could not. But um, who are you and what's Metalhead Minis? Um, I've owned Metalhead Minis since 2009. That's when it was established. Uh, we do painting. Uh, con- we have a consignment store part, and we also do, and I, you know, we also do hobby classes. So, you know, uh, when you say just- we, who is we? Oh, well, because I own it, but I have other people that work under me too. I have employees, and I have people that uh, also do instruction working under me for Gen Con. So, for example, for this year, we'll still be Nestor. Nestor is part of the Metalhead Minis team, either way. But uh, we and that also is have, Nessie knows. Yes, Nessie knows, yeah. and then uh, Impending Duff will also be teaching with us this year, because uh, Scott Scott Warren, who's also part of the Metalhead Minis team, he's not able to teach this year because he has some family obligations that he has to do that came up. So uh, so Duff is going to be c- covering his classes as well as Nestor. Well, what what um what classes are you going to be teaching doing per se? Me myself or my or Your me team. and the and my what, and the boys. What's the whole list of classes? Yeah. Uh we have this year Metalhead Minis, we have twenty three classes. Dang. Yep. Yeah, we don't we don't mess around. our classes, I thank God I can gratefully say, um Metalhead Minis has been a premier event at Gen Con for years. And also uh our classes are very high in demand because I keep a very high standard of quality and consistency for all of my classes and I have my classes structured in a way that it caters to all different type of learners. So whether you're a visual auditory or hands-on learner, you walk out of class learning something. Uh, That's an issue that a lot of people deal with when they go to classes is that some part of the learning population ends up being not included, not on purpose, obviously, but it's just, you know, but since I've trained people for so many years on how to do their jobs and, and teaching and managing and stuff, I've been able to take that and even when I established my company, was able to incorporate that into the structure of my hobby classes. And so anybody that works under me and teaches is trained to teach the same way. And if you can't, then you just don't teach for me. It's that simple. But basically, <laughs> uh, you know, everybody, I can't speak for everybody else. Everybody, everybody else that I asked, is, is, you know, to teach at Gen Con, they do their thing. But I also made sure to ask people who I know do good quality work. So, I mean, you know, I just don't ask just any schmo to sit there and, you know, do Gen Con. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, it's all people that I know contribute to the hobby and do good things and have a good following and stuff like that. Well, it's it's hard to get and do painting classes for Gen Con because they just don't let anybody and there's a tight schedule that you have to be. Uh, I know some people are like, oh man, I put in for six classes to teach six classes and I only got one. 
Yeah, it really it really depends. Well, part of the reason for that is because the people don't really enter in their events on time. With all the instructors that I asked to teach can tell you that I have been very strict about sitting there and saying your times that you can enter in. I tell them early submission is at this time to this time. That is when you need to put in your classes because I know these people want to sit there and make because basically Gen Con doesn't pay for your hotel room and your no. badge and stuff. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, some people seem to lose sight of the fact that when when you're asked to teach at a convention that you're being asked as an independent contractor because if you're freelancing, guess what? That also makes you an independent contractor. <laughs> you know, which means that you have to pay expenses, which is the cost of doing business. And then you want to make sure you make a profit. So well, but the reason why I mention that, though, is because obviously a person is not going to want to sit there and spend like a grand. It's probably not even that, especially if you share rooms with people. But, you know, spend a few hundred or a thousand dollars, whatever, to go teach at a convention to sit there and not make sure that they're at least in the black when they're done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I stress to my instructors, they get a document that explains everything. And then also I tell them, hey, early submission is this time to this time. That's when you need to enter your classes. Do not wait until the last minute to sit there and do your stuff because then you're going to be asked out. And if you are, then that's just, I don't know what to tell you. You're an adult. You knew what your due dates were. And you know what I mean? So, and it's not to be a jerk. It's just, this is a large scale event. And well, especially large... if you're a professional, you can't. You can't like dawdle, you know what I mean? You, you gotta get you, you gotta have your shit together, you know? So, but uh, I can very lucky to say we have a very good lineup this year. We're gonna have an even better lineup for 2020 uh, because there were some European instructors that I asked, but their schedules were already uh, full for 2019. But we'll have them for uh, 2020, which will be amazing. But I don't wanna announce that part just yet because, you know, plans change. But I, I can tell you, there's, we have a good line, a great lineup this year, and we'll have a, an even better one next year. But um, going back to your question about what Metalhead Minis is teaching, we have uh, the beginner level classes; those always do good and are always in demand. Nestor uh, wrote a is writing a class, uh, or he already knows how to teach it. But he's he wanted he asked if he can uh, write a class on tournament organization tips and tricks. And he is doing a couple of those classes, which I think are going to be great for people that run tournaments but don't exactly know how to go about it. Or they want to bring a game to their community, but they're just not sure how to go about running mm -hmm. events. He's going to go over all kinds of stuff, like how to get sponsorship, who to talk to, uh, how to paint up a demo army real quick to teach people how to play the game. Like He's going to go over some really great stuff, and he's very educated and well-versed on how to do that. So that is a great class. Uh, of course, as always, we, we have the, or for the last few years, we incorporated, um, added this onto the class roster, but we'll have it again this year, Intro to Blending and Glazing. Uh, Nestor also is bringing in an intro class, How to Build Gunpla, Gundam Model Kits. Uh-huh. Yeah, so because I'm trying yeah. to, because since Gundams have become such a big thing, I've noticed that that hasn't really been brought into Gen Con yet, so I wanted to make sure to make that change this year. 
So, and Nestor loves, loves, loves working on Gundams. Seth Amsden will also be teaching this year, and he's very educated on Gundams too. So he he's he's going to be great to uh, take classes from this year as well. But yeah, Nestor has how to build Gunpla, and the price of the class includes uh, a full Gundam kit. So that's that's going nice. to be really cool for you to take home. Yeah. Uh, Duff will be teaching intro to installing LED lighting for miniatures and models. He will also be teaching our magnetizing and conversion class. Nestor will also be teaching uh, intro introductory basing, and he will also be teaching our drilling and pinning for miniatures and models class, and he will be teaching our cleanup and preparation class. Uh, Wade of Three said that uh, he just got done doing his first Gunpla last week, and he said it was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's good because I've been seeing that a lot more lately. Um, oh, yeah. A lot it's, more people doing Gundam style stuff. Absolutely. And then also, uh, I there's a class that was on our roster that I'm going to bring into Gen Con starting this year, which is uh, painting skin tones for miniatures. And there's going to be two classes of that. And basically what that is is the next step up after taking our faces and eyes class which we will also have that because that's a very high in demand class as well and painting skin tones is great because in that class i give you a deeper understanding about painting different skin tones and one of the biggest things that people struggle with is how to go about painting certain skin tones and one of the reasons why it's a challenge is because a lot of people don't have an understanding about the undertones that are in skin so we give you a deeper understanding about that and in turn, you learn how to do things like Native American skin, uh, irregular skin tones like aliens and monsters and um, yeah, and African-American skin tones and, and things of that nature. Uh, even Indian, you know, uh, Indians from India, like all, all that stuff. So we give you a full understanding about how to do that. Hispanic skin tones, like like the whole, whole plethora of different skin tones will be uh, discussed and reviewed in the class. And then that class, the painting skin tones, will be sponsored by Collapse Industries, and they actually are going to be casting for us these really cool, I think it's a really cool bust. Okay, so you know how Banshee has the anonymous bust? This is kind of the same idea. It's the best way to describe it. We call him John because that's the name of the guy who sculpted him. <laughs> but this is the bust. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, right? I always and think of him as the German. Yeah, I mean, but the cool thing is, is that you can really, if you really look at him, you can paint him in pretty much any skin tone that you want. It's just an aging man. And you can paint him to, I mean, his eye shape even. You could even go Asian with his skin tone, make with the you know skin tone, and then Asian with the eyes, or make it that he was biracial or mixed or you know stuff like that. So th that's what I love about this. He was going to do this for Sinjin's class, but Sinjin won't be teaching this year either. He was going to, but he has some uh, stuff that came up too, and he wants to travel to Europe, so he canceled on teaching this year. Uh, so this was the bus that was going to be for Sinjin's class, and I forgot which class exactly this was going to be for, but um, I was in love with this bus during Adepticon when Kirk uh, showed me. And I sat there and I was like, dude, this bust is awesome, you know. And he goes, well, if you want to use it for a class, just tell me. And so when we discussed on the phone the other day, I sat there and I was like, dude, would it be okay? Can we, do you want, because uh, he, he was like, what do you want to use for your classes? I was like, let's cast John for the skin tones class. I think people will have a good time with it. 
it'll be a lot of prep on our part to get it to get it ready or whatever but i i think it'll be worth it and i think people will enjoy it and it's something different so that's well, what i like about it's it. also a large-scale model you're not you don't have a you know a gw model or you know a private press model to do skin well, tone on because it's they're tiny you're going to have a large scale type thing to work with exactly and i like for people to um I like for people to be able to think outside the box and see that there are other models outside of 40K that you can use, you know? Yeah. Uh, because Collapse Industries is also going to be one of the sponsors for the LED lighting class. And Duff is like super duper excited because I introduced him to Collapse Industries and he's like in love with Collapse Industries now too. Because we, we just love that he does different stuff that other people don't do. And so I, when I talked to Kirk the other day, too, I said, hey, what do you think about sending off one piece or something to Duff so that he can do LED lighting on it to have people think outside the box that, hey, you can use LED lighting for other models, too, not just your 40K Rhino, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and he loved that idea. He's, like, so jazzed. I'm trying to pull up the spreadsheet so I could tell you the rest of the lineup of who's teaching this year. Well, it sounds like I need to talk with um, Nessie about getting sponsorships because Warfare Weekend is looking for sponsors pretty soon, and that would be something awesome I probably need to ask him about, give him, show him a few bucks. Because I don't know if I'll be able to make it to Gen Con this year or not. Oh, why not? It's that age-old uh, money issue. Why you know. do you do this? Why, 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 why did I make a lot of why money? Why do this? So the spider monkey. Why? Why you do this? Um, so yeah. So basically, uh, we, we're very we're very lucky this year. We got uh, slow fuse gaming. You know, monument mm -hmm. hobbies feature mm -hmm. caster. He he plans to be teaching at Gen Con this year. Rob Elstro, who is who's the one for years and years, he's been teaching at Gen Con. Uh, he teaches how to do mold making and resin casting for terrain pieces using Hearst art molds. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing it for years. And let me tell you something. His classes always sell out, too, and they never disappoint. He's really, really good. Mm. We'll have CK Studios this year teaching airbrushing classes. They're going to be teaching getting started with airbrushing and how Love to airbrush CK. large figures. Yeah. Um, Pirate Monkey Painting, Anthony Rodriguez. Really will also be teaching this year. Um, you can find him on Twitch and Patreon. And also, of course, you know, my crew will, will be there. And Yeji from Snickerneck Studios will also be teaching this year. Hello, she's super hello. excited. It's her first time teaching at Gen Con. I think she's going to do great. She's taught at ReaperCon and she's taught at LVO. And, you know, she does really great, at, you know, with that and everything. So, I mean, I have no, when I turned around and asked her to teach at Gen Con, I knew that wasn't going to be an issue because I know she does quality and she cares about people. And that's the kind of people that I want with my attendees, you know, yeah. that that's important to me, you know? Yeji and um, I have been talking quite a lot uh, together about stuff because, you know, for Warfare Weekend, you know, I'm running kind of blind on certain things, and she was one of the, another person that I had confidence in asking questions about on certain, you know, painting things because I, I asked her, because I, I want to go back, once you're done talking about this, about, you know, people... How did being a being a painter at a convention, you don't get everything for free, type thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I want to go back to that, but keep on going. Sorry. 
No, no, you're you're fine. Yes, I would love to discuss that because people who want to get into commission painting, and it's not to be a jerk, but I think that people need to understand, you know, what certain things mean. And I've been doing this for many years, and I don't, I, I just, it always befuddles me when people are like, you're not going to fly me and do this and do that, and it's like, not everybody can do that for you, sweetie, you know? And then the other thing is there are comp there are uh, new conventions that will come out and they'll do that. And then the event's not happening anymore, you know? Well, that... it's, it's running a business. And, you know, guess what you have to be careful for? Losing money. Guess what happens when you lose money? The business closes down, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, because there's um, a lot of people, because we, you and I had talked about this, uh, and yeah. some people just don't understand that, Whenever you sign up to do a painting class, um, and this is from bo working both sides of it now, um, yeah. you aren't just paying the person, you're paying the person plus whatever fees they have to acquire for being there because not oh, yeah. every, they, they're they not getting their hotel paid for. They're not, unless you're like some super duper huge, you know, big studio painter, you know, whatever it's, you know, you're not always going to get everything paid for. And so those people come in they set the price that they need to set so they can make money in their pocket so they can come back next year, but they also have to pay the convention, uh, whatever fees the convention has. They also have to pay their own bills because usually they got to pay gas or flights or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like these people are, you know, it's not like, oh, you're coming in here, you're just paying a class and you get $45. No, it's, you got to think of the fees that come with it as, like I said, and especially if you don't get miniatures sponsored, you've got, you know, uh, you had to bring your own miniatures or yeah. you had them or you, you know, you bought miniatures or bought paints or brushes. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. There's a it's lot of expenses. Brushes, it's all paints and miniatures, putting your own time into prepping all the miniatures if you're responsible. And yeah, that's I mean, the reason why we don't go to a million conventions because this is our job. We don't get paid vacations, you know, mm -hmm. to go off and take a vacation to a convention, yep. you know, and they cost money. Yeah. So we have yeah. our few conventions that we can afford to do. Yeah. Cause exactly. I mean, I've had, I've had a run in, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to build up stuff, talking to people for warfare weekend. And I had one person go, well, I'll, I'll come and do painting, but you have to pay for my flight there. You have to pay for my hotel room and all my food and i'm like i don't think you understand you know but wait aren't you making money at charging people for your classes right and when people ask me i've had people you know at least good enough to think about it and be like huh because i i can understand like a new person coming into the business they see that there are some people getting their stuff paid for mm -hmm. okay which that's done as a favor for you People lose sight of that. That's yes. a favor for you, okay? And uh, you're doing something in return for that, okay? Yeah. yeah. And uh, okay, princess. So um, <laughs> or prince, whatever. And uh, basically, you know, I could see how a new person would be confused and be like, hmm. And so they've come and asked me and been like, hey, when you do this, is this supposed to be paid for? It's like, no. When you decide to do freelance as a painter. Then when you're hired on to do stuff, you're hired on as an independent contractor, mm -hmm. okay? There are some uh, conventions and events that have the money to pay 
to put you up in a hotel. Like sometimes, uh, you know, for example, there are certain events that they get a really good discount on a hotel room. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to budget for that and then, you know, put you up in a hotel. Sure. You know, but make no mistake, you're going to be doing something to pay that back, to make that worth their money, whether it be you volunteer in their event and help with, I don't know, paint and take and stuff like that. Like me, I never assume that I'm just going to sit back, relax and whatever. I'll help you, you know, like when I did Battle Haven, that, that year I did Battle Haven. Oh, God, that was so nice. It was such a fun event. And they paid for Nestor and I's room. And Nestor and I are fam like family, you know, and we, we see things the same way. And so we helped clean. It was in a cabin, a gorgeous cabin, okay? And we sat there and we helped wash dishes after every meal. We helped set the, set the food out. We helped with cooking. We helped the caterers with cooking. We, uh, you know, we helped keep things clean and straightened up. And they were just like, no, 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 you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I turned around and I said, if you think for one minute, I'm going to have you sit there and put me up and I'm not going to help put shit around the house. You're tripping because <laughs> that's just not the way things work. And I don't, I don't let my kids pull that shit either. And someone sits there, you're at, you're at someone's house. You better be helping. You're going to eat dinner at that house. You better help clean up the table and wash dishes. Don't let me find out that you did not. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't you, got, you can't be that way. You got to be kind. You know, it's a community thing. But um, but yeah, so I mean, when people ask me and they're like, so is this supposed to be paid for for me, whatever? I'm like, no, you're you're an independent contractor. And when you have to get uh, when you do an event, don't automatically assume everything's going to get paid for for you. If you if they do pay for things for you, that's awesome. But know that that's like they're doing that as a favor to you while they can afford to do so. And there might come a point where they can't or if the if the event is new then especially they can't just do that off the bat. They need to see how the event goes and see whether there was, pro you know, where their P&L lies. Was there profit? Was there loss? Were they in the black when it was done? Were they in the green, the red, the what? Yeah. So you can't sit there and open up doing an event and then be in the red and be like, oh, yeah, shit, we'll pay for everybody's shit again next year. No, you know, then you won't have a year number three. There, because there's a lot of conventions I know that last a year, maybe two, because they give a they. And I hate to say give away, but that's pretty much what it is. They give away, give like away oh, long. you can't. Yeah, because you have expenses. Um, because I know, like I said, some people are like, well, I, I'm, I, I'm going to take this class. This person's getting twenty five dollars a person, which means oh, they're ten people. They're getting two hundred fifty dollars for like you know three hours worth of work or two hours worth of work, and I'm like, no. There's a fee tacked on from the convention. There's, you know, <clears throat> there's other things got to pay for. Yeah. Not everything's All their donated. Overhead. Yeah. Overhead. <laughs> you name it. So, I mean. It's All their business. time to prepare the yep. models and everything. It's an event. But in the end, it, an organization that is a company came yeah. together as a business to do this event. Yeah. Just like on the painter side, like I'm not trying to say that the painter's end of it isn't important also. Of course it is. But it's just some people lose sight of the fact that when they decide to become a commission painter, that it means also that they are an independent contractor and that they can't automatically assume that stuff's going to be paid for for them. Yep. And that when they have to pay for their badge and their room and their transportation, that that's the cost of doing business. 
and that they have to therefore price their classes accordingly to cover their expenses and have the numbers done where they can also of course generate a profit as well yeah i mean because they've got to make it there they got it's got to be wild for worthwhile for them also to come out and do this yeah totally yeah and so ways that you go about ensuring that you get a profit is you get sponsorship or find ways to cut costs for example not every company can sit there and give you minis for free okay what they make millions of money they 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 can do that (laughs) you're tripping okay so they, they sit there and sometimes it doesn't hurt to go to a company and say, hey, I like your models. I'd like to use them for XYZ class. If I purchase X amount of them, is it possible for me to get a bulk discount of some kind? Exactly. Some of them will sit there, and because you made that consideration for them, they usually will charge you cost or wholesale pricing to cover their expenses and Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, so don't, it doesn't hurt to ask that too. Some of them, they much, they, they feel a lot better about you at least approaching them like that. It being like, hey, I'm so-and-so. And because I'm pretty or because I'm a painter or because, you know, my, my shit don't smell or whatever the case may be, you should give me free minis. That's just not the way it works. But there's That's a lot of people it. that work out there like that though, that, you know, will <laughs> use their, uh, I, I work with so-and-so, I do this, I do that. Um, give me free stuff because there's a lot of people that do do that. Yeah. But you know, most of those people end up not doing anything with it. And so the person who gives it to them gets very disappointed. Yes. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Yeah. I mean, if you're just getting into it too, and as a business and getting ready to teach and shit, one thing that's not classy, don't just name drop. Unless like, for example, if say I came to you and said, Hey, Go to Reaper, tell them you need this, tell them I sent you. Yeah. If the person you spoke to in business says that, then it's cool. But if you just turn around and be like, you should give me this. Well, I know Lynn, and I didn't tell you, tell them I sent you, that's not classy. No. Like, don't do that shit. That's stupid. That's don't the do that. inappropriate way to name drop. It's just not... It's just not good business acumen. It's just not mature. It's not. It's not good business maturity. And if you want people to to work with you, you have to show business maturity. Otherwise, people aren't going to want to do nothing with you, and they're just going to sit there and be like, "Well, this person just sits there and thinks that because they're so and so, that they should just get free stuff." Don't ever walk around like that because then you'll be gone from the business just as fast as you came in. Right. Know that. Well, let me tell you more about my lineup that I got here. I yeah, got, we got good people here. I, I wanted to go on that because there's a lot of people that don't understand that it's not just you getting, you know, $250 for, you know, three hours worth of work. It's oh, more yeah, than no, that. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. I think it's good that we're giving people an understanding about that. No, that that's totally fine. And just like on the attendees end, it's important that they know that it costs money for the instructors to come. Correct. And the prices of the classes are the prices for a reason. To cover their expenses, they're a business too, yep. and they they deserve to be paid for their time and their level of skill. You're coming in there to learn and gain some of their level of skill. You know, absorb it, learn by osmosis, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But like, yeah, you just gotta. But their job is important too. 
So don't sit there and complain about the prices of the classes too, because the prices are the prices for a reason. Well, I and also like, want to say that there's also a reason behind some of the, you know, because of the materials and stuff, but also the talent. Like if I were to teach a class, I wouldn't be charging, you know, 60, 70, 80, $90 because it would be, I don't have the skill to do that. So you have to look at behind the person, someone that's been doing it for a bunch of years and a bunch of different things. Yeah. They're probably gonna be charging and that they're really good are going to be yeah. charging a decent amount of money. But for, well, yeah, you know... Yeah. Well, like, one thing is people say something to me about what well, my pricing of the classes. And there's a reason why I can price mine a little differently. Okay? One of the big things that Metalhead Minis is known for, we like to try and get new people into the hobby. And my belief is that you can't get new people into the hobby if everything costs an arm and a leg to do it. That's yep. So when you're getting into it, you're spending a lot of money on models. You're spending a lot of money on paint. You're spending money on this. You're spending money on that. And I'm not trying to be critical of how everybody else prices their classes. You guys do whatever you want. But here's the difference. The difference is, is that most of the commission painters that are on here that are teaching, all they have to depend on is their commissions that they get in and teaching of the classes. I also have a consignment store and i do other and my company does other services so there is constantly and i modeled it that way because one i've been owning businesses for years anyway so i know that there's certain things that you have to put in your business model in order for cash flow to constantly come in yeah so that's why my business is modeled that way but because of that the advantage for me is also that i know how to cut costs a certain way and I'm able to therefore price my classes a certain way. But the way that I do it too, and the amount of people I can fit in my classes and stuff, still makes it that I make just as much, if not more, than, than most other instructors. It's just all in how you strategize it and do it is what it comes down to. Yeah. But like, but also too, I don't mind that I price my classes a little lower because I want to get more people in the hobby. If I get you, if I get people into the hobby, then it's good for those other instructors that charge more for their classes too, because it's kind of like it's like I'm there, I'm the pusher, you know. First taste is free. <laughs> Come here, let me give you, let me give you some plastic crack, and then you get into it, and then you're like, ooh, this is good. Uh huh. For two hundred and twenty-five bucks, bet. You know what I mean? So I'm good with that, you know. But. Mm. We're also going to have Joe Orteza again and uh, Joe and Dennis again. Oh, They're cool. Great. Yeah. They're great. Um, Joe Orteza was a sculptor for Privateer Press mm -hmm. and some other companies. That man is very talented. He didn't teach last year because he was teaching at a school. I think he still teaches at, at, at a school and also owned a salon, but he sold the salon, I found out recently. Because he's also a hairstylist. That's why his hair always looks better than everybody else's. Let me tell you that. <laughs> um yeah, he's like, his hair always is on point. Like, that man is just, he's something else, that one. Always dressed all nice and everything. I'm like, ooh. He had one at Depticon where he was cutting hair for people. Yes, he cut my hair before. <laughs> he's really, really good. I love him. Um, but Dennis will be with him as well. Dennis will be teaching things, I believe, such as, like, uh, how to paint yellow, how to paint red. He's really good to take classes from, too. And they taught for years and years, you know? Uh, so, like I said, also, we're going to have Seth Amsden. Seth Amsden is basically the person that runs uh, all the Game Castle stores, the mm -hmm. Game Castle game stores, like the one in Mountain View. 
is the one that he mainly runs, but he's also in charge of all the franchising for the stores. Because Game Castle does franchising. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah, originally, from what I understand, Game Castle used to be called something else. Um, because I used to buy... Um, who was that? Give me a second. I'm going to look because uh, I did reviews for uh, FRP Games. They yeah. Oh, I game, remember FRP Games. Yeah, they got. I don't know if they got bought out or how that happened, but uh, that's how I learned about Game Castle and Seth was because of the old FRP stuff. Huh. Yeah, he is. That man is honest to God, uh, a real talent to learn from. Uh, he's like I said, he's very talented with Gundams, and he's also extremely talented with um, basing too, like natural basing and stuff. All his dioramas and terrain and everything is amazing. Yeah, he, he is just, that man is, is so unbelievably talented, it's ridiculous. And um, a young lady that manages his stores currently, her name is uh, Katrine, I believe is how you say her, her name. We call her Kat. Kat's wonderful. Uh, she was at a, she's been at the conventions with him with LVO and Adepticon because pretty soon because he runs, he opens the new franchise stores. They open, he's obviously going to be busy, right? So he needs help. So he has Kat who's going to be sitting there and she's been learning how to do the running of events with like the classes for LVO and everything. And she's really, really good. When people get to know her, they're going to absolutely love her. She's wonderful. But, uh, but yeah, so we're going to start seeing a lot more of Kat, too, at some point. And who knows? Maybe she'll start teaching at some point. But we're going to have Seth for Gen Con this year, so we're very blessed. And we're going to have Vincent Venturella again. Oh, War yeah. Warhammer Weekly. Now he's known as, I believe, Warhammer Weekly on Twitter. And he also has a YouTube channel, which is called Hobby Cheating. He is very talented as well. He's going to do uh, quite a bit of classes. He's great. Um, Jennifer Wojcik, I believe, is going to do one class. I'm not honestly sure what that one class is going to be, but usually she'll do one or two classes. And she's not very she's not very well known, uh, except at like places like ReaperCon and stuff, because uh, she works a lot. She does the hobby just for enjoyment. She doesn't really do it professionally. When she does that one or two classes at Gen Con. I mean, she is super duper talented. She usually always wins the Dark Sword competitions at ReaperCon and stuff and always gets gold at ReaperCon. And she's such a sweetheart too, sweetest girl. And um, But she usually does like one or two classes to kind of offset her cost for the trip because Gen Con, in all honesty, is one of the most expensive cons to go to, hands down. Yeah. So she does that, uh, but she's wonderful. So if you guys never met Jennifer Wojcik, she's just an absolute doll. Um Kevin Fannin and Jose Castillo are going to be teaching together too. Uh, Kevin Fannin is is a really great painter too. Uh, he's he's re he's an up and coming, if you will, like a rising star. Uh, he is known as Kefa Studios, K E F A, and you can find him on Facebook. And uh, yeah, he does he does a lot of painting. He's really really good, and he's get he's just getting even better, like better and better, really really fast. Uh, but he's going to start teaching as as well, and he's really talented. So you guys are very lucky. And uh, Matt D. Pietro of Miniature oh, yeah. Monthly will be with us this year as well. He's really great and very talented. Oh, you can find him all over the place. So he's he's on Miniature Monthly. He also started the hashtag uh, hashtag Paint Bravely, and uh, he is uh, he has a blog, uh, Contrast Miniatures. So you can find him that way as well. 
Uh, and we'll have Dan, Dan Kocher from Tectonic Craft Studios, who's actually one of your sponsors, too. Oh, and yeah. he's actually going to be teaching a ton. This guy's a beast, dude. Oh, yeah. You think I'm a beast with my 23 classes? Dude's a monster. He's going to sit there and do a ton of classes teaching you how to uh, paint the MDF, uh, the MDF basing, actually, that he laser cuts. So he teaches that and different things that you could do with the MDF and everything. So, I mean, great classes to take, very reasonably priced as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much our lineup, but we have a good amount of people. One, two, three, four, uh, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yes, yeah, so like 17 instructors. So, I mean, not, not bad. It's gonna be over, well over a hundred classes. So those of you who are, you know, setting up your wish list and everything, be sure to check the MHE Hobby Events Facebook page. That's where I've been putting up the listings as I've been getting them from the instructors because it's like herding cats too, you know. Hey, give oh, me yeah. your stuff. Give me your stuff. And um, as, the, as the instructors have been giving me their info with their listings and class information, I have been posting it as well. So that way everybody has an easier time setting up their wish list Especially for new attendees, that Gen oh. Con site can be super overwhelming. It's it's getting everything done because you're just like, all right, I've got to get this class, this class, this class, and I click it, and wow, I only got four of the things I wanted to do. Yeah, it's really, oh, dude, and that's one of the reasons why as soon as we, because like as soon as Metalhead Minis got to the point where our classes would sell out from what i understand our classes sometimes sell out in under 20 seconds I'm not that's surprised. like huh i said i'm not surprised things things oh, sell thanks. out super super quick and you know i mean y'all 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 yeah. have a lot of good painters i mean one it's all people i know uh people i see people i've been with people i've hung with people I've, you know all that stuff so i mean it's not unheard of so i mean and the thing is, is it, and it's, and it's not that people don't want to be in the class because there's yeah. something else we need to talk about. It's class sizes. Um, people are like, I didn't get in, but there's, you know, there's 40 spots. Well, if you think about it, how many people show up to a, de uh, show up to Gen Con? How many it's was actually, it last year? They sit there and they put for the attendance that it's like 64,000. Yeah. And those are people who bought four day passes. Yeah. When they count turnstile and everything. It's like 200,000 people. Yeah. It's more than 200,000 people. It's pretty crazy. It is. Yeah. It's like ridiculously big. And like, and for the, on the site, when the instructors, when we sit there and we all register in our events, the highest amount of class slots, because the tables really are only so big mm -hmm. and they, and the tables all have to stay a certain way in order to adhere to Indiana fire code. Yeah. Can't move them. Can't change them. Yeah, no, we can't. We can't at all. No. Uh, they're very, very strict about that, actually. Well, they have to, because then they can get sued if they don't do it right. Yeah, or or like, yeah, the fire marshal, if they end up coming in, because they do, like, spot checks, too, mm -hmm. uh, especially because of how big the event is. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, and law enforcement and stuff, they come in, they do spot checks and whatnot. And, like, when the fire marshal comes in, if he sits there and sees that everything's not up to code in that room, he'll shut, he'll shut crap down. Oh, yeah. He don't care, you know? So... But basically, uh, the tables are only so big. So on the site, it, when we enter in our events, the, the cap is 15. 
but we could fit a few more if we want. And I always tell my instructors, if you have a few extra seats and you want to fill them up and let people pay by generics, you're welcome to do so. I don't force that on my instructors. Some people are only comfortable only teaching so many people, and I don't want to do anything to make their experience in teaching uncomfortable or overwhelming for them. Yeah. I want it to be fun and enjoyable because that's what it's supposed to be about. And if you're not enjoying yourself, then you're not spreading that enthusiasm to your students. And how oh, are we yeah. supposed to keep people in the hobby if that's the kind of crap that's going on? So, But me, myself, and my instructors under Metalhead Minis, we sit there and set everything where we have enough for 20 people. So we're able to usually, we, we tell the people, like if it, the classes sell out, we tell them just come at the appointed class time. Ah. Are you okay? I just spilled a bunch of glue all over my desk. Oh, no. Keep going, though. Oh, so your desk is going to be shiny. Uh, nope, it's not. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, so yeah, so basically, I tell the people when they email us, you know, about wanting to take classes, but we sold out, you know, because we do. We sell it extremely quickly. I usually just tell them, just come at the appointed class time, and if we have the room, and as long as we have the room and the materials, we're happy to accommodate you, which we truly are, so... We usually are able to fit in up to five extra people for every class, and then we let them pay with generics. And that, that works for us. It's good for my boys, you know. I just tell them, you know, push the classes. We want to get as many people learning as possible, you know. Oh, yeah. It's good for the attendees because then they're happy and they can learn things in the hobby. And then it's it's good for them because it's financially made worth their while. As long as you come in... You know, I tell my instructors, I expect from you to be prepared, to be on time, and I expect you to be good to to my students, you know, so and, and you know, be, be, be good to them, you know, and make sure they have fun. As long as you do that, I'm fine, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. The minute you're not, though. There's no <laughs> place for fun in this hobby. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. This is a serious, serious business. It business. This is my life. <laughs> Have anybody in the chat been asking any questions? I mean, uh, I know we got like three Wade did. Um, Wade did comment that he does like you know he, Matt DiPietro. I'm guessing that's the Matt he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, he's, he likes talking to him and going to him. Uh, cause I've actually I knew Matt longer than I thought I would because of his work with Privateer Press. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he used to pay for Privateer. That's very yep. true. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, and he has one of my favorite pieces of all time, which wasn't this last um, Adepticon. It was the one before, the one that I got to go to, which was the giant fish. The space bass. Is that what that is? is that what yeah, you're calling it? The With the two kids bass. riding it? <laughs> yeah, I. that's one of my favorite pieces of all time. Because it was just an amazing piece of uh, art. It was, and it was a conversion, too. Yeah, I couldn't things. believe he didn't win because that piece was amazing. But Well, he's won plenty of awards for that piece. Yeah, but still. Yeah, he's, he's very talented. You guys have a really good lineup this year. You're very... I was very glad to be able to get Slow Fuse in. And very glad to get Impending Duff in. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. Like, as soon as when the whole thing that Scott couldn't come, Scott's really talented, too. Like, I I was so sad when he was like, yeah, so, you know, some stuff came up. I'm not going to be able to go. I was like, no, I love you, Scott. Um, And after I finished having, like, kind of like a, oh, what am I going to do? I sat there and I was like, you know what? Duff's a really talented guy. Yeah. He knows how to keep people entertained. 
Because I'm not going to lie, like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm picky when it comes to people teaching under, you know, someone under my name, because my name's attached to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. And the thing is, if that person is not, I don't want to say talented, but not, because you can be talented as all get out, but if you have the attitude and the personality of a rusty crowbar, you can't be a good teacher. Yeah, we, well, you my, know, my we like to be fun. Yes. There's some people that are charming as hell, but they're not really good at explaining their process, and that's why that's why I don't teach. I <laughs> I am terrible at at coming up with a lesson plan and figuring out how to explain my process. I I find it much easier to live stream and just kind of kind of explain things while I'm doing them in front of you rather than trying to come up with a lesson plan and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't teach because I don't feel like I could add I could add to, to people's experience in a class situation, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. but I mean, I would think you could because, I mean, you, you kind of do it on your streams and people love you and you have a really awesome, quirky personality. And I think that makes... I think it just, it makes for a fun class. I mean, we all know I'm not the most normal human being on the planet. You <laughs> Which know? of us is? I, you know, like I have OCD. I'm as meticulous as hell and everything. But like, I try to make sure my classes are fun. And I, I put my humor in there and stuff. And, that, you know, I guess apparently the fact that I'm from New York City makes things funny. I, I don't know. But like, I just sit there and I try to make sure things are fun. I, I, I don't think you said New York right. Shut up. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> And then when I hire on people to teach, you know, like Nesta and Duff and whatever, like I make sure I hire people that have a good personality. Even my my crew, my employees that, that work for me, they all have a great sense of humor and they're fun to be around. They're fun to talk to. Uh, all, and when we're all together, all we do is laugh and everything. Like, I just think that that's so important because it makes you enjoy what you do that much more. And then when we work conventions together and stuff and people get to meet, so, you know, some of my other crew, they have such a great time with like, you know, with Craig and Will and Ashley and, and you know, the rest of it because they're just like, wow, these people were so fun because that's just the kind of people that I like to have around me. You don't want to sit there and work hours and hours a week, especially during convention season around a bunch of people that you can't stand or are too serious and whatever, like... And then life is already so stressful. You need to have people around you that know how to have a good time. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just think stuff like that's well, important. I mean, but it is because, uh, like I said, you can't have the attitude and the personality of a rusty crowbar because people are like, well, that he knows how to paint very well, but he didn't teach me shit. You know, I just happens. sat there and watched it, and, and it does. That's the reason why it takes a, it takes a, someone different to be a teacher. Because if you can, if you don't know how to, you know how to paint, but you don't know how to tell, some people just aren't meant for that. Yeah. I mean, and it's a shame because what I feel sad about is when there are some people that try to teach a class and I've seen it like other events, you know, and whatever, mm -hmm. where, where like they sit there and they're talented and they want to teach a class. So you're like, all right. So then they, they try to teach a class and they only... And they don't really know how to teach or they only know how to teach it the way they know how to learn. So you're sitting there and you're alienating two thirds of a learning of, of your learning population. Right. Yep. And so 
Yeah, I mean, unless you sit there and get like a whole class full of people that learn the same way that you do, which the chance of that is like, yeah. especially these days with everybody having, you know, with most of the population having like the attention span of like a fly, you know, that's just not going to work. So if you don't know how to keep people entertained, it makes it really hard to teach. And, and then when you don't know how to teach yourself, it just, it really makes people feel upset and down and disappointed. Because they wanted so bad to learn how to do whatever, and then they walk out the room and they didn't learn nothing. Yeah. And it's feel I feel bad when I see people walk out of stuff like that, and they're just like, oh, you know, whatever. I just think that sucks. Well, I mean, it takes it takes someone different to teach. It, it's not just all right, guys. I'm going to teach you how to wet blend. You take your brush, make sure it's wet, rub it into the paint. And then you move it like this. All right. Let's go to the next one. It's sort of like, what's his face from Ferris Bueller? You know? Oh, yes. <laughs> ben Stein? Yeah, Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Oh, I want to teach a class like Ben Stein. <laughs> 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 but I mean, and that's really, and, and a lot of people don't get that. And I'm like, no, there's a reason why that, that you have to teach a certain way. Yeah. And, and it has nothing to do with the, you know, because a person could be super, super talented, but if they can't teach, it's a waste. And, it, and it's hard for people to understand that. That's the reason why I always crack up when I have a student teacher in my classroom. They're like, you, that's, you've got go, to go out. Don't think about what they told you in school. Remember what it was like when you were a kid. Were you bored as hell as a kid? And when the teacher did something stupid or did something slow or whatever, you've got to be the opposite of that. And you know, you've got to entertain as, yeah. as bad as it sounds, you've got to entertain. It helps them learn better, but I always feel bad like when that happens in a class and the teacher meant well. Yeah. And really wanted to teach the people, but just doesn't know the right way how. And yeah, and so sometimes teachers will come to me and ask for advice on how to teach a class a certain way and stuff, but I've done it for like years and years. So, of course, you know. But, I mean, there was a lot of kinks that had to be worked out on how to work it in such a way for, you know, and translate it to gaming. But in the end, hey, man, we have a system and it works. So, you know. So, um, we do have uh, 30 minutes left on our show, which is our media section. Um, and I have a few things to talk about. I'm trying to get this last piece taken off. Okay. I want to shave that last piece off. Uh, we'll go switch over to our media screen. Party time. Excellent. I hope I explained stuff really good for the, for the, about the classes and stuff and that there's also, oh, there's also a paint and take and a painting competition. Yeah. I got so into talking about the classes because the catalog opened up today. <laughs> no, I think, I think uh, people will see that there's plenty of things to do uh, and see at the convention. Uh, and I'm sure you'll post it up and we'll, we'll share it on our page. Um, yeah, when, I've already started posting stuff as I've been getting it. Yeah, as I've been getting the info from the instructors. But there's altogether not just for the MHE miniature hobby events, but just in general with Gen Con, there's going to be over thirty thousand events. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. There's a, uh, there's a miniature hobby events Facebook page, right? Or is yeah, I mentioned it. Page, okay. <clears throat> um, okay, so media section. Um, Lynn, do you have anything you want to talk about? Media section? Oh, yeah. we talk about like technology movies, with and stuff? Movies. Yeah. Oh, media. Music, TV, books. Giant chickens. 
Giant yes. chickens. I haven't seen any giant chickens, so now you made me feel like my life is boring. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching Game of Thrones after I finish this. We all are. recording as we speak. Oh, not all of us are, but no worries. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then in other media news for the Twitch channel, I just picked up a stream deck, and I'm really excited about oh, it. Oh, cool. I got it refurbished on Amazon for 120 bucks. Nice. Instead of, yeah, on average, they're like 150 to 200 bucks. You'll have to I let think. me know how you like it. I do like it so far. I just got to work out a kink with uh, connecting it to Facebook. Because supposedly there's like a, a programming way that you could sit there and have it post to Facebook. And, I, and there was a video on YouTube on how to do it. And the guy had this really good video on how to do it. And um, I did it exactly the way he said, but it's still not posting to Facebook. It's it's logging into my Facebooks for the company mm -hmm. and my personal one. But yeah, it's not putting up the post. So I got to work out that kink. But That sounds like Jim's uh, craziness with when he was first getting into doing YouTube lives and he's trying to figure out the chat. Yeah. You know, how to, how to have the chat be displayed in your, uh, in your, uh, program and then on the screen and everything and he was doing it just the way that they said in the videos and for whatever reason it couldn't work and then one day it did and he's like i don't know what i did That's i have no idea like our stream into facebook today i had it all set up did a test stream hey it's going to post to facebook and once we go live it didn't work so weird yeah i don't understand why that would happen so kathy do you have any medias because i have a total of three i uh not really i mean it's funny because i missed last week's podcast because it was early and i was at little wars which i didn't even mention um so i saw avengers yeah in game no spoiler on a, review. On, you know the friday before that and uh but i'm not gonna i'm gonna wait until you and John and I are together, and we can talk about it. Oh, you're gonna wait till our, our spoiler review? Yeah, I okay. mean, I can say I liked it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I have. I actually forgot to mention something. Um, you know, we were talking about you know putting together models for Necromunda to play, but one of our local guys is gonna do a Mordenheim league, and I'm like, oh, oh wow! I'm like, yes. There's a few people that are getting back into it that I've that I've seen around people getting back into Mordheim. Yeah. So I thought that I forgot to mention that. I was like, I'm doing witch hunters for that one. Um so I have three things to talk about. We got about fifteen minutes or so, so no biggie this should hold us. Um I watched Gotham. Um Gotham was the like series. All of Gotham? No, I, I I've been keeping up with the seasons. Um this week or this last few weeks was the end of the series. Um, and so they had the series finale, uh, I think last week. And for the most part, I really liked Gotham. You can tell that the last few episodes, I'd say the last four were rushed and they were kind of pushed to end oh. the story. And I hate that because it was such a good series because the second to last episode, Bruce Wayne just finally decides, well, I know all the problem that's happening here is because of me. So I'm going to leave, and so nothing bad will happen because I'm here. And, of course, he goes off to Tibet and everything else to, you know, become Batman. 
Um, he and finds himself. He finds himself and you know, <laughs> comes back as Batman. No big surprise. With a man bun? No, no man bun. <laughs> um, the series has been leading up to that part anyway. That's been the you know the finale as he's finally well, Batman. I knew that was going to be the finale. Yeah, I yeah. Think we all knew. Yeah. That's we, we, the thing with prequels. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem that it was done that way. Um, but the person that played Catwoman, they changed out the actress. Uh, and the lady that has been doing it, uh, been doing it for like the last seven or so years, decided that since there is a jump in time from the second to last episode to the last episode, I think it was like seven to five years or something like that, hmm. they would change out um, actresses and she would be a more mature, older Catwoman. It didn't work. I uh, hate when they do that. Well, I the actress like- even said, no, the actress said she wanted to do that. And that's how she wanted it done. And I was like, no, it, it, it didn't feel right. Catwoman didn't feel like Catwoman. The, you know, the love connection thing, the emotional part of Catwoman Batman wasn't there. It was, it was bad. Uh, the last episode was just bad. I was, I was very upset with it. Um, you don't even get to really see Batman. You get to see silhouettes of Batman. You get to see him stand on the top of a stall building away from everything. It was just, it was a bad episode. I was really disappointed because. That's a shame. Yeah, because the series was amazing, uh, in my opinion, for a new take on how Batman and all this other stuff came around. Uh, I'll miss it because there are a lot of good characters. Uh, overall, as a series, I would say pushing, and I would say pushing one and a half to two space herpes. But it would be two space herpes, you know, continuing after on the last two seasons. Uh, the last episode, definitely two space RPs. It was bad, uh, pushing three. Um, and I just, I was really upset with it. I did not like um, the way it, it, it was done. Uh, I was very upset with it. Okay, did you just call your rating system space herpes? Yeah, you don't know our rating system? Okay, did you ever see the movie Ice Pirates? No. That was a 1980s cheesy sci-fi. Oh, it was a, a great sci-fi movie for a bad cheesy. Classic. Yes, Starring and we rate them. Yeah, and so we 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 rate them. Our movie rating system is zero to five. Zero spacey uh-huh. space RPs is the better. It's the best. Five is the worst. And so the more space RPs you get, the worse your show is. Um, and so that's how we rate our shows. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did watch uh, Split, uh, which is the second movie uh, by M. Night Shyamalan that is in the same world as Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I watched that, and it is um, James McAvoy, I think is what it is, where he has multiple personalities and one of his last personalities. <laughs> and I'm spoiling it because this was on regular TV, was, and I watched it on... Um, a pay channel um, where his last Thank personality you. is a superhuman, pretty much. Um, and Crimson says, just to interrupt you completely, go ahead. Crimson says, Atlantic Rim is five space herpes. Yes. Casablanca is zero, zero space herpes. <laughs> That's your scale. Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting. He did a very good job acting with these multiple personalities. I didn't have a problem with that at all. Um, it was typical type of movie. Uh, you know it was based in the same universe. We already know that because it's been out for a while. I just never got a chance to watch it. Um, 
His acting was really, really good because he went and, you know, I guess he was supposed to have like 23 personalities. We only saw about five or six that were prominent uh, in there. Uh, but the last one was called The Beast. Um, and The Beast was a superhuman uh, with actual superhuman powers. Could climb walls, literally. Could be stabbed by a knife and wouldn't take any damage. You know, all this other stuff. And was a psychopath because he kidnapped girls and actually ate one of them. Um, oh, okay. Uh, that type of thing, because that's how he, you know, gains power or whatever. And it was it was pretty creepy. It was good. Um, it wasn't a bad show. Um, I liked it. Uh, so maybe like one Space Herpes, maybe one and a half. Uh, definitely don't watch it on a normal channel. Watch it on the pay channel because you just miss some things. Um, but it was really good. Uh, I can't wait to see the third part of it. Uh, that's the only reason why I haven't watched it because I haven't seen uh, Split because uh, I wanted to know the whole story. Um, so if you can find it on a pay channel, go and watch it. It was pretty good. Pretty interesting. Um, and then my last one was a Netflix series. Uh, came out just recently. I've had it on my sh show list. And I binge-watched the entire thing today. Because uh, it was about eight episodes. And only about 30 minutes per episode. Uh, and it was Black Summer. Uh, Black Summer is a... Start of Apocalypse zombie TV series. Okay. Um, uh, so it, 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 it's done a little bit different. Yes, it's your basic trope of zombie apocalypse. Uh, the zombies in this one aren't your shambling. These are your crazed lunatic racing, beating through things, destroying things, can actually climb on things, um, although they can't like use a handle. Um, yeah, they, they pretty much can just kick the crap out of things. Very, They're very, runners. very much. Uh, very fast, very, you know, destructive, uh, will run through walls, run through glass, um, all that type stuff. Um, each episode is only about 30 minutes and the way they film it is really, really cool. Uh, each 30 minute episode is broken into chunks. Uh, some told from a different perspective and the first episode you find about all the characters and one of the characters you find about is actually a zombie. Um, and so it's kind of cool. They follow, you know, a, a, a zombie from human to zombie and then shows what happens after it. Not going to spoil it. Uh, but I mean, the way they film it, they film it from each person's perspective. Uh, and they, you can have the same scene, but in different v views and w ways. Because like in one scene, you're like, wait, how, why did that happen? And they don't show it because the character they're talking about doesn't know what happened. That person is just feel, just feeling the aftermath of what someone in the episode later on is doing. Um, so it was it was it was really really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a little things you have to kind of throw off, you know, because they kind of blow off the whole idea of stabbing him in the head or destroying the head. And, you know, it takes him out. You know, type thing. But it kind of goes realistic. Not everybody can just pop a zombie in the head from eighty yards with a nine mil handgun type thing. So, um, it, 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 it's, it's kind of, it's kind of more realistic. Um, you do, do, you do deal with the tragedy of, you know, well, we got to sacrifice somebody. So who are we going to sacrifice to the zombies so we can get out of here type thing? Um, who are we going to sacrifice today? Yeah. 
Um, that type of stuff. Uh, deals with uh, horrible humanity, people treating people like shit because it's the apocalypse. All that type of stuff is in there. Um, overall, it was really, really good. I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's only eight episodes. Uh, and they're 30-minute episodes, so they're easy to digest. Um, everything moves really quickly. Uh, things happen. There's not any slow times. Um, there's there's some pretty gory times. There's some oh shit moments. Uh, there's like damn type moments that go on with it. Um, so I recommend it if you got you know a few time you know 30 minutes to watch a quick show and you want to get in and out. Go for it. Uh, right now I give it zero space herpes. Um, I'm waiting to see if we get a season two, which I hope we do. Uh, if we get a season two, it'll be even better, but we won't know until a little bit later because it only came out like a week, maybe two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's fairly new. Um, the characters were good. Acting was pretty good. There was a couple of things that were just like, eh. Um, some tropes, but nothing that was crazy. Um, there was a great diversity of characters. Not everybody was, you know, the stereotype. Um... They hit some pretty good special effects, too, uh, in certain things. So I highly recommend it. Go watch it. Zero Space RPs. It's called Black Summer. It's on Netflix. So pretty much almost everybody has that now. Um, we do have some information to come out with, guys. Um, we will have our Patreon subscribers. If you're not one, please go over and check out our Patreon page. Um, we are about to add a n new, different patron level that is for me and me only um but i have to wait until something is over before i can add it um but that will be happening um also all the other levels uh patron subscribers will get our miniatures of movies our role-playing games anything that we have coming out that is not the uh podcast they will be getting those at least a week or more early uh we will be trying to bring out something non-podcast related every week uh and we have that set up for the next three weeks i've already set up uh and if you want to get those early you will have to go subscribe to our patron page um and all that money that goes to the patron page uh goes back to help our podcast uh keep our bills down and buy better equipment um and like stuff. a pallet cam <laughs> yes <laughs> uh a new that's, that's been on my list of things yeah working on getting a, a better computer so we can um do some better stuff with our computer. Um, I'm saving up my own personal money uh, to try to get a better computer. Um, and I'm selling a bunch of stuff, which I'll be doing a big sale of a bunch of products lately. Uh, later, I'm getting rid of a few things. It's time to start getting rid of some stuff. That's where uh, I'm at, too. Trying yeah. to thin stuff down. Just, 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 we accumulate stuff so freaking fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, at Little Wars, there's a couple that does a paint and take called Get Out the Lead. And they also do the, the paint and take at Gamehole Con and at Gary Con. And I forget what the other one is. Anyways, they've been doing it for years and they run it as a, as a charity. I don't remember... I don't remember what charity it is that they take donations for. I, I should, but I don't. But what they do is they've got a ton of models that are models that they've just had that they prime up. And anybody can come by and grab whatever model and sit down and paint. And they've got a huge variety of models. And now they've got different companies like donating models and paint to their cause. And 
uh, like Games and Gears donated a bunch of brushes to their cause, which is cool. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, Secret Weapon and Army Painter both donated paints, which they desperately need uh, new <laughs> and different paints because some of the paints that they have are, are paints that historical painters have been using since, you know, the 70s. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff I've never heard of, stuff that when I was at Little Wars and was sitting down painting with them... Um, was kind of awful. <laughs> I hate to say, but you know, uh, but otherwise, you know, they they had a bunch of different varieties of paint. Like I said, they had Seeger Weapon, they had Vallejo, they had Army Painter. In addition to these old old paints, but I want to clean out my stuff. And Jim and I are going to uh, Gamehole Con in November, so that we can hang out with them at their paint and take. And Jim will spend the weekend painting there, and I will be doing role-playing games with, with my friends, but I'll be stopping by and painting a little bit, too. But I want to take and clean out my bins and donate models to their to them. Yeah. You know, I've got stuff that, you know, I've just accumulated, and I know I'm never going to get to it. Oh, Actually, uh, speaking of causes, do you guys mind if I if I mention something real quick, if it's okay? No, 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 it's fine. I think I know what you're going to mention anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, one thing is is that um, one of our one of our own, two of our own, actually uh, need some help, and uh, one is Michelle, who has been uh, working on recovering from breast cancer and has been dealing with radiation treatments. And on my shop page on the Metalhead Minis website. Um, I've been putting, I put up a bunch of, uh, painted models for sale and all the money after shipping it out to you, all the money goes to Michelle to help her pay for her expenses while she recovers. So basically it's like a win-win, you know, you, it's like you're donating money in X amount and then you get this painted model. And then also this coming Twitch Tuesday, I will also be doing, uh, trying to raise money for Mike Disney, uh, cause there's also a GoFundMe on uh, the Metalhead Minis page and on um, on my regular Facebook that I shared. It's, it's, if you look it up on GoFundMe, it's called Help Mike Disney Get Back on His Feet. Mm -hmm. And so we'll also be, uh, I'll also be raffling off, you know, selling off stuff too to try and help raise donations. Like uh, I got some brand new Infinity models that I'm going to try and, you know, to help raise money for Mike also. That's fantastic. That's Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, I meant to mention it earlier, but it just didn't come to mind like right away. I just I had such a long day yesterday. I think my brain is still trying to recover from it. So I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so sorry about that. But yes. No, I saw those. And I, this is what I said. I knew exactly what I'm talking about. Um, guys, we always help each other out. If you can do anything to help them out, you can always visit um, uh, Metalhead Minis page and you can see and find all that information out to help them. Um, and pretty much that is about it. If you're going to Gen Con, please stop by and say hi to certain people. Um, and if they don't recognize you, say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I've been watching, you know, on Twitch or I've been one of your viewers. My name's John, but I go by Giant Chicken 103 And they'll understand. Uh, don't oh, be ashamed. Yeah. Yep. Don't be ashamed to say hi and, and let them know who you are. Um, I got plenty of people that come up to me and go, hey, Gonzo. And I'm like, who are you? And I'm not not trying to be a dick, but who are you? Like, oh, I'm so so. Oh, I'm like, oh shit, dude. Hey, how's it going? I talk to you all the time, but 
don't know your real name or I, you know, I'd see you on Twitch all the time or I see you on this. Don't be afraid to say hi to these people, uh, especially if you help support them because they like to help. They like to, you know, be with people that, you know, support their podcasts and their shows and their TVs and their businesses because we're all just trying to make a living here. Um, But I would say that episode is a wrap and we are done Thank you uh, for this one. Us, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. We love you. We love you. I love you too. <laughs> now I'm, I'm gonna go. I can go watch Game of Thrones now. No, you not yet. Watch, you. She she can go watch Game nope. of Thrones now. No, not now. I, we haven't <laughs> said uh, for more than dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. I'm Lynn. Good night. And you have to talk. You have to talk over the the music. The closing music. The that's, closing that's, music. That that's our thing. Uh, talking over the closing music. So oh, okay. hey hey, Lynn, say New York. New York. No no no. Say it like you mean it. I did say it like I meant it. New York. What do you want me to tell you? Oh, you got to give me attitude. You're not a New Yorker. I can tell. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough attitude in that New York accent, I can tell. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 